Hello and welcome back to the Public Eye podcast, a six-part series of podcasts brought to you by Granite Exchange. I'll be your host, Sarah Travers, and throughout this series, I'm speaking with local entrepreneurs and business owners to learn more about how these companies have come to be, gain insight into their growth, and find out how they continue to innovate. So wherever you get your podcasts from, remember to keep an eye out for new episodes and subscribe to stay up to date. Well, today I am delighted to be joined by Gemma Murphy, partner of Jack Murphy Jewellers. Gemma, can't wait to talk to you. Welcome to the podcast studio. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. Before we begin, I'm going to give a little bit of background on Jack Murphy Jewellers, and I'm sure everyone in the Newry area knows that name. But Jack Murphy himself started his trade at the young age of 14 as an apprentice watchmaker. With time on his side, he later moved into jewellery and while still in his teens, built up a strong, independent workshop. In 1963, he moved to Downpatrick with his late brother Willie and the business continued to grow from workshop to retail. A year later, Jack joined the Ulster Jewellers Association and Retail Jewellers Ireland. This led to an invitation to join the Council of the National Association of Goldsmiths. Jack and his wife Pat then settled and opened Jack Murphy Jewellers in Newry in 1972. Since then, the company's mission has been to provide top quality jewellery goods at exceptional value and to offer knowledge and expertise through the team's exceptional customer service, creating a truly unique and memorable experience for customers. Alongside the option to have bespoke jewellery pieces made, products range from luxury and premium jewellery and watches to branded fashion pieces for everyday wear. The multi-award winning family run business is bucking the trend on the high street and growing its already established Hill Street showroom by an additional 2,760 square feet of retail and office space. Now, daughter of Jack and business partner Gemma Murphy, who's here with me today, believes that this move will reinforce Jack Murphy Jewellers' continued commitment and strong 48-year relationship with the city of Newry. Well, Gemma, your dad sounds like such an impressive man. He's built up a fantastic business and starting his trade at such a young age, do you think when you were growing up, he instilled these values into you and the rest of your siblings? Absolutely. Um, I'd like to say that both my parents are extremely impressive. Um, My father would be famous nearly within the jewellery trade. It's very interesting attending any events. You you get no work done because everybody knows him and everybody stops to talk to him. But yes, absolutely, growing up, my parents, they work so hard. You've seen how much time and effort they put into the business. It was their baby and they were so proud of everything they'd done. Um, It installs so many great values into all of us. My dad is so hard working. Um, He gives it his all. But my mum, she's so calm and she's so articulate and so good. She served and dealt with the staff. But as I say, behind every good man's an even better woman. That was was my mum. So it was very much a joint uh, effort. And yes, absolutely, there's four of us. And yes, we could all see how hard they worked. So what was it like then growing up? You see... As a little girl who liked shiny things myself <laughs> and sparkly things, it must have been just lovely to have gone into the shop and tried on a few things. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we knew no different. So growing up, my dad was involved in so much and 
we constantly we traveled all over Ireland and everywhere we went we had to go in to visit the local jewelers so I know every town by the jewelers um but it was very much a community and everybody just got involved so I didn't really work in the shop that much when I was younger um but everything behind the scenes at ho- like working at home you know everybody was involved and so how many siblings do you have so there's four of us in total um I'm the youngest of four and nobody had planned to go into the business um my parents back in 2008 had planned to retire um, they were going to sell the business and the recession hit yeah. in 2008. So at that stage, I was a qualified social worker um, right. working as a residential social worker. And I did shift work, so I would have had days off. So I started to come in and help out um, because they obviously they took the business off the market when the recession hit and they were kind of at a crossroads of what to do. So I decided I would help out and I would help bring the business, get it through the recession so that they could then put it up for sale when the economy was a bit better. And I fell in love. I did that for two years. I worked both as a social worker and as a jeweller. And then in 2010, I left my career and went full time into the shop. Oh, my goodness. I mean, what a transition. What was it about the social work that you were interested in? First of all, why did you go down that route? I I always loved the curing field from a very young age. I was involved in a lot of charities. I helped out in the local gateway club. I looked after a young autistic child locally for years. And it was just something that I had always wanted to do. And I studied in England and came home and I got a residential, quite a, a good job and uh, worked around the clock. I loved it. It was completely different, but I find I learned so much from my social work job that was able to also work in the shop, you know, working within a team and managing my dad. Oh, really? <laughs> He's quite a challenge. <laughs> so I, I kind of, I'll, he would be, he would be difficult to work for. <laughs> and I think that kind of, I could kind of take on anything. I, I grew up very quickly doing that kind of job, but I just... Once I got working in the shop, I could see the passion, I could see the drive and it just made me so sad to think that they were selling it and the team had been there so long and I realised, I always thought I couldn't do it because I had no business experience, but my dad starting from left school at 14 and he had achieved so much, so yeah, I just I just fell in love and I just worked so hard with my dad and we had such a great time together and I just realised this is this is now what I want to do. and So literally, you had one of those eureka moments. I found it. This is yeah. where I was meant to be. So tell me, you've already alluded to the fact that your dad might be difficult to work for. <laughs> sorry, so you Dad. came in. <laughs> yes, sorry, Jack. Um, how did you wor- find then the working together? Did you, did you immediately go in as a partner or what? how did that happen? No, absolutely not. I went in obviously part-time because I was still... I was still working as a social worker so <clears throat> the first thing that we decided was the shop was a bit tired because it was going they were going to sell it and they were they closed off brands and closed accounts because they were winding down so I actually came in at quite a difficult time mm. with the recession and losing some of our brands because they hadn't renewed them and the shop you know it it needed to be invested in so the first thing that we did was a refurbishment we did a refurbishment 10 years ago so um it was great at the time I very much was involved in picking things and designing things but on my dad's guidance whereas this time now 10 years later we've just done a, a second refurbishment which was my baby your baby <laughs> so yeah 
that, so that's incredible. And just staying with the 2008 thing. So actually, you know, you grew out of a very difficult time. What else, apart from the refurbishment, because that's a big spend, did you have to choose different brands? Maybe people didn't have as much money to spend. Did you move away from high end? Did you offer more choice? Did you help people with finance? I don't know. Yeah, so at that stage I was 24. So I was our target audience. And that's what I was trying to explain to my dad, that people were getting engaged older um, and people were they were spending money on, on themselves. They were buying good things. So we didn't do fashion jewellery at that stage. Um, and that's what we moved into then. So we started to do fashion jewellery, um, affordable jewellery, so that people could invest and spend money on themselves. So they would build a rapport, get a relationship with the jewellers. They weren't intimidated to go in. So we started to invest in some of those fashion brands. We set up some social media. Mm-hmm. You know, Facebook was quite big at the time, so set up a Facebook page. So it was just very much... Um, and also, my, my dad uh, pushed me into do the Rose of Tralee. <laughs> he said it would be a good PR for uh, the shop, and it actually all worked out quite well. We was did. It? <laughs> yeah. So when did you do that? In 2010, I took part in the Rose of Tralee, and I was on TV talking about Jack Murphy Jailer. So he was delighted his plan worked out. It was a great PR exercise, as he says. <laughs> Wonderful. I love that. Gosh, there's so much to talk about. Um, okay, so so moving on, you've, you've talked about um, how you've done this massive refurb again and this has been your baby what have you done this time so we took over the corner unit next door to us um back two years ago um and we we knocked through so it was a beautiful unit that was empty and it had three floors of space so we have taken over that unit so our showroom has tripled in size um, and then we have floor space upstairs for our offices a conference room so our team were able to grow so we've now got a marketing team that are based upstairs accounts can now be upstairs so we we were getting big and our team was getting bigger and our unit was just challenging how little space that we had um, and we had two private consultation areas and now we have seven wow. uh, consultation areas so we're able to accommodate customers but yeah we wanted to make it a luxurious showroom that people felt welcome and comfortable in but had an experience that they will always treasure and remember. However we did have a pandemic we're still you know coming out or trying to to find our way through this difficult time you've just refurbed and the intimacy that's involved with you know choosing jewelry what have you done then for this past year how have you managed have people still been getting engaged Yes, so we had to close in March 2021. So it was about three weeks due, three weeks before we were due to open the <sighs> new showroom. So just on the edge. So we, we closed and it, it all seemed to happen very quickly. And we were very worried about getting in touch with all of our customers who had jewellery in the store. And we were reaching out to anybody that was meant to be getting married to see if they wanted to take their wedding rings home or to see what we what we could do. So we closed down completely. Um, I have a daughter that was quite vulnerable, so I moved to working from home and then we stopped all of the building work. But we sat back and we thought, right, what can we do? So within every crisis comes opportunities. So our sales team went on furlough and myself and our marketing manager, we had no website. We weren't um, able to sell online. 
and which was crazy. And you hadn't had a website up until that point. No, wow. not one that could sell online. So my brother had been doing some groundwork for it before he had been working hard and before we closed. So myself, everybody went in furlough except myself and our marketing manager. And we were due to have our official opening in the middle of April, which wasn't going to happen. So we decided, right, we're going to launch a website that day. Oh. So <laughs> no pressure. Mm-hmm. We worked around the clock and we built a website and we launched it on the day that we we're meant to have our official opening before the end of April. And in such a short space yeah. of time, you had completely diversified. And how did it go? Brilliant. It was, it was, we were delighted with how we engaged our customers throughout the pandemic. We really used our social media channels and we really got to know our customers. Um, so who are your customers? I, I always think of, you know, somebody going in to get an engagement ring. Is that really where you start? So yeah, our bridal market would be our main, um, would be our main market, but right across the board so anniversaries birthdays graduations birth of children you know basically any special occasion in in a life is normally jewelry mother's day valentine's day and do you find that um you know customers are shopping around or they are they incredibly loyal to the place maybe where they got their first purchase maybe that special piece of jewellery yeah well we're in a unique situation now where a lot of people who got engaged with my parents and I get engaged with us so that is lovely to see but yes people that we do have a lot of loyal customers and we're so grateful for them but people like to travel to get engaged they like to make a day of it or go somewhere where nobody will see them so we would get people that would travel far and wide to come to our store we're definitely a destination store on a day we could have somebody from Cork Dublin Donegal and uh, would that have always been the case or is this because of the website now and the social media presence? So word of mouth would have always, we would have found that if somebody from in an office in Dublin got engaged and their ring, you know, people always ask their, when the ring is beautiful, they always ask. So we would find that people that worked in that office, they might be from Dundalk but work in Dublin or from Donegal and work in Dublin. So we would find that word of mouth, we would have received pockets of customers from everyone that got engaged, sisters, friends, family. So now it's word of mouth, but also new ways of, of reaching out from... So there's an obvious thing here. Um, uh, you, you talked about the, the, the refurb and you were going to offer these seven spaces where you could really sit down, take your time, try on the rings. Mm-hmm. Oh, what do you do about trying on? So while we were closed, we started to offer virtual appointments. Oh. So because I had the website, I then had to go in store every few days um, to package up anything that was sold so we then started to arrange it it just kind of came naturally where people would phone and all the calls were obviously diverted and I was taking all the calls at home and people wanted advice or they had an anniversary coming up so when I was in store then I was sending them photos or I started to FaceTime them so then we actually thought right let's let's make this work let's dazzle from a distance as we called it you know so that people could sit at home and take a virtual call and we would go through all of the product with them and educate them and help them and support them. And obviously they could return the item if it wasn't suitable. This podcast is sponsored by Granite Legal Services, a niche business and immigration law practice located in the heart of Newry City. Granite Legal Services provides legal advice to both individuals and companies alike across a wide range of industries, from employment, commercial or corporate law matters to immigration law. Granite Legal Services focuses on providing legally sound, practical advice to its clients. To get in touch, visit www.granitelegalservices.co.uk or contact 028 3026 
But yes, so we we helped um, a lot of people celebrate special occasions while we were closed. And we also set up a waiting list. So we had over 100 people on our waiting list for when we reopened and we had a lot of engagements. (laughs) Lockdown love definitely was a thing. Yeah, absolutely. So how many would you think you've, you've had? Well, it, well, I don't know actually offhand, but we find that that lockdown, people were either apart and really missed each other mm-hmm. or they were together and they thought, right, let's take this to the ne- next level. Let's get engaged. So we, we really find a lot of people were celebrating engagements and are planning to celebrate engagements for whenever the event is over. But we actually started a lockdown love series on our social media to um, share some of the stories of people who got engaged or got married throughout the lockdown. Are there any of the stories that particularly stand out for you? Do you know, it's just hearing the stories. I find I think I find some of the key workers, you know, people who were working around the clock and especially at the start when we knew so little about it and how hard they were working and their boyfriends were coming to us saying like I really want to propose and make it special you know there was there were so many but even I have to say our own marketing manager Charlotte she's getting married now in two weeks and it has given us such an insight to what it's like to plan a wedding during a pandemic so we want to help and support the brides as much as we can they a lot of them are going ahead with their wedding and they they need wedding rings whether you have six people attending your wedding or 60 you need your wedding ring so it's it's made us really want to help and support our customers. We have a good understanding of what it's like for them and how stressful it is. So Charlotte has definitely given us a, a great insight. Now, obviously, when you are getting married as well, or you're choosing an engagement ring, um, it's a very expensive piece of jewellery. Um, it can be. And a bit daunting and overwhelming, perhaps, for a couple. How do you help somebody make sure that they get it right if they're choosing blindly? Well, we find that we have a mix. So some couples will come in together. Some will come in themselves and try them on and then send some photos to their partners. And sometimes partners will come in on their own and want a surprise. So we will always reassure our customers that the item can be changed if it's if it's not right. Um, but they often know a lot more than they think they do when we start to ask them the question. So it's our job to help them come to the right conclusion so we would even start by do you know what color of jewelry does she normally wear would it be uh joe does she wear a yellow jewelry or a silver watch joe that would kind of and then you ask them joe have they ever commented on their friends rings so they do know more than they think but also a lot of people come in with screenshots <laughs> from our website or our social media they've been sent h- hints hence <laughs> yes if ever you're thinking of it yes. in the question, this is the one i want yeah <laughs> but we offer a bespoke service so even if somebody was to propose and they wanted to make changes or adapt something about the ring that's something very much that we specialize and offer Mm-hmm. And do you ever get somebody that comes in and says, no, I just want to do a complete surprise? Would you recommend that? Yes, absolutely. That's what I mean. That's They're the people that we help whenever they think they don't know. They do know and we get a lot of complete surprises and we love them. We actually love hearing the stories and we love seeing people after they've got engaged when they come in. So we would give out like a little ring clip. So if the ring was too big that they can still put it on and they can wear it. So you don't need to know the finger size before you come in. You know, we, we make sure that when you leave the shop that you know if it's too big that they can still wear it so they don't need to worry about that. Um, How would you say um, the jewellery industry has 
changed over the years. Uh, obviously, you know, getting married has always been such a wonderful thing. It's one of the big celebrations in life. Um, and, you know, as we as we moved forward in time, people did question, would people get married anymore? But it still seems to be a really important part of this journey through life for so many. Yeah, absolutely. So to me, I think jewellery is... It's an heirloom. It's something that's passed on from generation to generation. We would often hear men say, oh, I don't want a wedding ring. But if you think of the sentimental attachment, if somebody loses their father and that wedding ring, that can mean so much to somebody that when it's passed on. So we think of everything, every piece of jewellery as something that you treasure and that you pass on and that you always have. So whenever somebody comes in store, what I find has changed about the jewellery industry is the customer experience. For me, I think that's so important. I wanted somebody to come into our Newry showroom and feel like they're in New York. So we wanted to enhance their experience, make them really remember it and enjoy it. So we installed a bar so that customers can really enjoy their experience. They can have a tea or a coffee or a glass of champagne while they're purchasing their ring. It helps them relax and makes them make the most of the day. We have a Polaroid camera and an Instagram area so we can take a photograph of their couple and they can take a photo home to remember it. And we just want to really make sure that they will cherish those memories and that they will want to come back and they'll tell their friends about the experience that they had. So that's what's important to me now is customer experience. I think when you look at Instagram now and social media, um, those customer reviews, really, if you're tagged in in the photograph we got engaged today in our rings from Jack Murphy Jewelers, um, those beautiful stories, those beautiful images, well, it you know, it must reap rewards for you. Yeah, absolutely. But it's also an intimate experience and we would never ask or expect customers to share, but we know that they, you know, that they, they love their ring. and that they love <laughs> their ring and they love their experience. And, and word of mouth, I have to say, is definitely a key way that we get business. Do you ever get um, returns and go, I got that really badly wrong. Can we, can we change that? <laughs> no, very, very rarely. Very rarely. <laughs> okay. We'll move on from that one. So Gemma, then how do you get away from work? Because I know at home things are quite challenging. I know you've two daughters, but one has quite severe special needs. Yeah, so um, my husband, Cahill, um, and I have two daughters, Moya and Aoife. So Moya is seven, so she's non-verbal autistic, and Aoife is three in preschool. So yeah, life can be a little bit different at home, but... um, I find what happens at home can also really help and enhance the business. Um, We found during lockdown that we wanted to help charities uh, to use our platform. Obviously, businesses were finding it tough, but imagine what the charities were Mm -hmm. going through. They couldn't do their fundraisers. They couldn't do their events. So we thought, how can we help? Um, So we set up that every month we would help a different charity, um, especially our local charities, national and local charities, um, and use our platform to engage with the charities and also make people in our community aware of our charities. We're working with Autism NI, um, which obviously means a lot to me as a parent of a child with autism. Uh, So in store, what we're doing, we want to make our store autism friendly. We want that customers can come in store, they can pre-plan their journey, um, we can reduce our music, we can reduce our lights, and we're installing a family room um, for children with autism or just children in general. And we want to make other businesses realise how important it is to educate their staff and 
to make their environment as accommodating as they can. So our team will be trained in autism training and we encourage other businesses to really think about that experience that families or individuals with autism have when they go shopping and, and how we can help them, not only just in retail, but also places like here and all of the different cafes. And we're so lucky People in our community are so good to us and to my daughter. We go into coffee shops and people will know her and and they will accommodate her, like the whistle down and grounded and craft. In Uri, we are treated so well and we would just love to see all of the city really embrace and enhance the customer experience with people with autism. You've obviously got really important values when it comes to how you run this business and it started with your dad and you've taken it on now. Um, what sort of leader do you think you are within the firm? Um, well, I would. I've, I don't know. I, I feel like the team is so important to us. We've had some of the team there 20 years, 25 years, 17 years and then we have, their team has grown so we have a lot of new members and new roles and I feel like I really missed the team during the lockdown I really knew that I loved my job and whenever we all came back in we were so ready to embark on this new journey and I think that we we all do everything together um so I'd like to think that as a leader I don't know if it comes naturally to me but I feel like we plan and we grow together and that's what I love about the business everybody is invested in it and how many staff do you have now then so we have three partners uh, and about 12 on the team wow. but we could do with about 10 more <laughs> and your dad and your mum they live in Spain now yes yeah, so they they live in Spain for most of the year so we were working remotely long before Covid um, <laughs> my dad has an office where he can um, link into our stock control system and he can FaceTime a lot <laughs> so he still likes to do a lot of the invoicing and he would do a lot of the background work looking to see which brands are working and which aren't and what trends he can see coming through so he loves spreadsheets um, and that works well so I do a lot of the buying and I, I serve a lot and um, but my dad loves going to all of the trade shows so he'll always come home to go to a lot of those type of events but yeah they've taken a backseat over a number of years but they're both still partners and it's great to have their support um, but yeah obviously in the past year they've only been in the store a couple of weeks really in, in over a year so it's definitely been interesting mm. and it's made me appreciate and realize how much support they give me but also how much I need to learn how to do it on my own too. But you've taken the business on in, in a direction perhaps that your dad wasn't going in so he must recognize your strengths as well. Yeah and so my dad obviously recognizes my strengths and my brother joined the team four years ago as well so he worked in the hospitality trade in London and moved home and he has come into the business too so it's it's just great to see how we can work as a as a team and as a family and and when I say family, that, that involves everyone. We call it uh, the work family too. Um, but yes, I, I really want to focus on the future and future-proof the business and see how we can grow and what, what we can do to develop and make Jack Murphy Jewelers even better. Um, what would you say has been your biggest challenge to date? Well, there's been quite a few. <laughs> yeah, obviously, this last year, but well, yeah, you embraced so, that. Yeah, absolutely. So COVID probably was the biggest challenge. Um, but when I reflect on it, I... 
I didn't stress and I didn't panic. Everybody was going through the same thing. And I just thought, well, let's just do the best that we can in this situation. Um, I, we stayed in touch as a team and we really made the most of the time. And obviously we're, we're closed again, but we're back to selling virtually and working with our customers and working behind the scenes. And whenever we reopen, we'll be ready to to take the shop to the next level again. So what will the future look like for Jack Murphy Jewelers? That's where you're looking towards, but with a much more blended approach perhaps? Yeah, absolutely. So it's so important to to grow our website. People who had never shopped online are now shopping online. So it's important that our business is able to accommodate all customers, whether they're the in-store experience customers or the customers that like to shop online. So we're going to continue to grow our website and our social media channels, which we are really proud of. We've got so much engagement through our social media channels and obviously our in-store experience. But yeah, we had a we had a great team meeting recently and a kind of our three to five year plan and yeah, we have lots of exciting things that we hope to, to see happen. Well, I hope they all come true for you. If someone's listening to this and they're thinking about popping the question and they're thinking about purchasing a ring, perhaps for a surprise, can you talk us through the whole process? What advice would you give? Well, get in touch. <laughs> well, obviously, the first thing that we would recommend is book a consultation. We have private rooms. Nobody will see you. You can do late night appointments. And it's really have a think about how much you'd like to spend. You know, you don't want to spend too much, but they're going to wear this ring every day forever. So, yeah, book a consultation and then we take it from there we have a beautiful selection of engagement rings but we obviously have our bespoke service so we have a huge vast range of diamonds and settings and we can CAD design we can make anything so yeah it's basically get in touch and come in and we'll take you through the whole process and don't worry or panic and plan ahead don't, don't leave it to last minute okay great advice um so if anybody is listening yes do get in touch Gemma the purpose of this podcast is to inspire existing business owners and ambitious entrepreneurs to grow their business by offering offering insight into the success of companies just like Jack Murphy Jewelers. What advice would you give to people who may have a business idea but have no idea where to begin or they're unsure as to whether or not the risk is worth taking? Okay, so I would probably start with work hard. I would like to think that I'm a hard worker and hard work pays off. What you put in comes out and I really do believe that and I think if you're thinking of running a business you have to realize it is round the clock it's non-stop um celebrate your goals you know set small realistic goals but celebrate every time you reach that goal and always think of what's next what can you achieve surround yourself in the right people our team I am blessed with our team and they are definitely the right people so invest in the right people and they will help your business to grow and evolve and I suppose uh, reflect and evaluate on what you've done and how you can be better great advice Gemma thank you so much again for joining us today Well, that's it from the Granite Exchange podcast for now, but join me for the next episode where I'll be talking to Yuri Lee Kyung from the fashion brand Wonky. I'll see you again. This podcast was recorded in Granite Podcast Studio. Interested in starting up your own podcast but don't know how? Granite Podcast Studio can help. Record your podcast in our state-of-the-art studio, which is based in the heart of Newry City. 
Our studio has cutting-edge and user-friendly technology and can seat up to four people. We also provide an editing service for our team using your guidance and editing notes to provide you with a flawless finished product, leaving your listeners wanting more. For more information on how you can get started, visit www.granitepodcaststudio.com.